Hi, I'm David Freeman. I'm a member of the faculty here at the Community College of Philadelphia. And welcome to the Fox Rothschild Center for Law and Society's Mortgage Foreclosure Series. This show is partly supported by a generous grant from the Philadelphia Higher Education Network for Neighborhood Development. And through their grant, our students have been trained in the issues of mortgage foreclosure and have assisted with the questions that I'll be asking our guest today, Ms. Nancy Yerzebeck. Welcome, Nancy. Thank you. Thanks for joining us. Our, our topic today is mortgage foreclosure, and I thought I'd uh, start with a, sort of a general question. Why don't you tell our audience, what exactly is a mortgage? Okay, a mortgage is a secure instrument by which a homeowner would give the property interest to the lender as security for repayment of the debt. Okay, so that our, uh, our viewers can get that, uh, everybody's probably heard of a of a real estate closing. Let's say I was gonna buy a house that you were gonna sell to me. Um, where do homeowners usually get the money to, to, to support that purchase? Most times that they will go to their local bank um, or a brokerage firm will set it up with them and they'll provide financial information to see that they qualify for a loan and the bank will fund the purchase of the home. Okay, now you said it the mortgage was a secured instrument. What's that mean so we know? Generally, the mortgage will be recorded at the Recorder of Deeds office. So it's a public document that can be accessed for people to see that the, who is the owner of the property and who is the mortgage, okay. who has been mortgaged to. Okay. And the banks want to make sure that, uh, that if I'm going to buy it, I'm a, a viable buyer and that uh, this, this lien, this uh, secured instrument, how does that protect the bank? Well, in the event that the homeowner is unable or unwilling to pay the note that they promised, the IOU, the, the payment to the bank, the bank will um, take ownership and cancel the right of the, the homeowner's interest in the property and actually take ownership of the property. And the, the process, I guess what you described, I think, is a mortgage foreclosure. How's that, how's that start in Pennsylvania, for instance? Well, in Pennsylvania, it's a judicial process, and when the homeowner is 30 days delinquent on a loan, generally they will get a notice from, from the mortgage holder, the servicer of the, of the loan, and to tell them that they are delinquent. And if they become generally about three months behind, the servicer will send them a Act 6, I believe, if you're an FHA mortgage, and an Act 91 which is a uh, notice of intention to foreclose. And at that point, they direct you to housing counseling agencies and um, steps to take to prevent the foreclosure from actually occurring. Okay, now you added a couple of uh, actors in there that I wanted to uh, ask you about. You mentioned a mortgage servicer. Can you tell us what, who, what a mortgage servicer actually is? Sure, a servicer is a organization or a bank, it may be a bank, it may be a, a, another institution that has been hired or contracted by the actual owner of the note. And the note is the IOU that evidences the mortgage. So rather than undertake that collection of the pay monthly payments, the banks will usually um, enter into a contract with someone outside of their firm to do that kind of work on their behalf. So uh, oftentimes when people buy a house very shortly after they purchase the house, um, they start making mortgage payments and they'll get a notice to start sending payments to 
someone other than the bank. It'll be, is that the servicing companies generally? It is a servicing com company, or it could be that the bank has sold the loan, and that's been happening, um, that happens quite often, that they pull these loans and they are actually assigned, which means that um, another lender has agreed to purchase the loan, and at that point you would get a notice in the mail that you sh should send your payment to a new institution. And does it happen that, say, a mortgage gets assigned once, or can it be assigned many times? It can be signed many, many times. Really? Um, and you mentioned that uh, Pennsylvania has a, a judicial process for mortgage foreclosure. Um, do other places, do other states do it differently than that? In other words, uh, I always thought a mortgage foreclosure had to take place in a court. No, actually, I don't know the specific numbers, but I believe it's maybe half the states have a judicial process, and the remainder of the states, it is just done um, outside the court. Okay. And the homeowner is informed of the intention to foreclose, and if they don't cure it in a certain amount of time, um, a default judgment would be entered against them. Okay. Um, now, you mentioned in Pennsylvania there's something known as um, an Act 6. And what is that? Can you help us understand what that is? What's that designed to do? An Act 6 is um, a notice to the homeowner that they are in arrears for the payment of their mortgage. And the Act 6 is generally um, sent by certified mail. It pertains to FHA mortgages, which are federally guaranteed mortgages. And a similar notice would be the Act 91, which serves the same pur purpose of noticing to the homeowner that they are delinquent in their payments. Ms. Yarsbeck, you mentioned uh, FHA, and I guess I thought this might be a good time to ask about that. Um, how's the FHA work? What, what is their role in, say, a mortgage transaction? Do you know? I'm not well versed in it, but my understanding is that the homeowner purchases uh, mortgage insurance through the Federal Housing Administration. And in essence, they are guaranteeing the loan to the lender. Ms. Yarsbeck, let me call your attention to Act 91, if I may. What does that tell the homeowner exactly? It tells the homeowner the Act 91 is sent to the homeowner after a period of time of delinquency on the payment of the mortgage. It explains to the homeowner that the lender intends to foreclose on the property. It gives them a list of housing counseling agencies, um, especially here in Philadelphia, of um, different agencies that they can contact in order to be put in touch with someone who could help them try to prevent the foreclosure from occurring. And who are these uh, housing counselors? Where do they come from? Uh, what's their role? The housing counselors are, there's 31 agencies in the Philadelphia and surrounding area, and they are trained, um, some are trained under F PHFA guidelines, the Housing Finance Agency of Pennsylvania, and they are taught to look at the loan, the loan history, the different payment options, and different ways that they can approach the bank or the servicer in order to try to come to a resolution to save the homeowner. Now, will the, uh, will the housing counselor actually uh, uh, reach out to the bank or the lending institution, or is it still the homeowner's responsibility? Generally, by the time the homeowner comes in contact with a housing agency, they've already tried to do it on their own with the bank, and it has failed. And so at this point, the housing counselor will initiate contact with the lender and fill out different applications depending on what the qualifications are for the homeowner and um, try to 
enter into some kind of agreement with the bank. Now, in your experience, do homeowners ever are homeowners ever successful negotiating directly with the bank before reaching the housing counselor? Very rarely. Okay. I think they have good intentions. I believe that they think that the bank is there for to help them. Um, the problem seems to arise that there is so many people, you never have a direct contact with any individual at the bank. And so my experience has been that homeowners have sent multiple packages of financial documents only to have them lost, misplaced, never received. And so by the time that the notice of foreclosure has been sent to them, um, they're at a very frustrating point. Some of this is, the, as I understand it, is the result that uh, many of the banks don't have enough personnel to handle what appears to be a real la large flood of foreclosures? Correct. Okay. And I think that is part of the problem. I think everyone was caught off guard. I think the banks didn't realize the sheer volume of foreclosures that would occur. And the, um, the staff that they have was probably trained very quickly and maybe do not quite understand all the ins and outs of the process. And so they're shorthanded, the housing counselors are overwhelmed. It's just a perfect storm. Mm. With respect to the, uh, the delinquency, the arrearages, the failure to pays that, that mount up, um, from your experience, how long does a mortgage remain in default before a, a company will file a mortgage foreclosure with the court system? Do you know? How um, I think generally they're supposed to begin the process for 61 days after delinquency. And so at that point, um, a lot of times they will try to um, work things out with the homeowner, but I've had clients whose mortgages have been two years trying to work a resolution out. So there's no specific time frame. And, you've s and so 61 days would be permissible, but you've seen it go as long as two years before there's been any court involvement. Sometimes it depends on the value of the home and the, uh, the interest for the bank to foreclose. I think it varies. There have been some, it's rare that they let it go out two years, but there have been cases where homeowners have come in and, and said that they are two years behind and now they're just in court for the first time. I see. And um, with respect to the process of a uh, homeowner receiving this uh, Act 91 notice and uh, contacting a housing counselor, do housing counselors have the same experience trying to get a response from a bank or a lending institution that the homeowner may have had? They generally will have a better response rate only because at the point where they come in to the housing counseling agency, and in Philadelphia there's a mandated um, conciliation conference. So when they come into court with the housing counselor, there's actually an attorney who's representing the lending firm and so a lot of the pressure is taken off documents are now handed to a lender's attorney it, rather than just going to the bank okay and with respect to plans to avoid foreclosure uh, before it reaches uh, before it reaches say a sheriff's sale um, what what are terms that you've commonly seen is there a, any particular average set of terms that homeowners may get in other words how do they address an arrearage of say uh, two years or, or something of that sort 
Well, there's different programs that had been offered in the past, and there's still one that's available. And what generally we're looking for is that the homeowner would be expected to pay 31% of their gross income monthly towards housing expenses. And so to achieve that goal, uh, the homeowner will ask for a reduction in their interest rate, an extension of their terms. They would also ask that any arrearages or legal fees would be capitalized into the mortgage, the new mortgage amount, and um, also a principal reduction. That doesn't happen as often as the interest rate reduction, but that is an option. Backing up just a little bit, can you tell us um, where would a, uh, a lender or a bank file their mortgage foreclosure documents? Where would that all start? That is done through the court system, Court of Common Pleas. They file a complaint. Um, the attorney files on behalf of the, the note holder. Right. And could you tell us uh, just briefly a complaint? What's that going to look like briefly? What, what's it contain roughly? The complaint is going to be a legal document submitted to the court and it will contain the bank's name as the plaintiff, the homeowner as the defendant, the law firm that's representing the, the banking industry or the bank and who holds the note. And it will set out why the bank has decided to foreclose on the mortgage. The amount of um, payments that have been missed, the foreclosure cost to date, it will give an um, outstanding amount that the homeowner has 20 days to respond to bring this um, the money to cure the default. Ms. Yarsbeck, what is a default judgment? A default judgment is when the homeowner has received a copy of the complaint or a notice of the inten intention to foreclose and fails to respond. And after a period of time, a default judgment would be lodged against the defendant in this case and it would give the right of the plaintiff to foreclose on the mortgage. How does all this lead to something that I've heard of called a sheriff sale? How does it all lead to a sheriff sale? After a period of time, if there's been no um, agreement reached between the bank and the homeowner to cure the mortgage um, deficiencies, the, the judgment will be entered against the homeowner. And at that point, the, the bank takes ownership of the property. And they will schedule a sheriff sale in Philadelphia. It's three months out from the date of the default judgment. And uh, the first Tuesday of every month, they have a, an auction where the homeowners, um, or where their homes are sold. Uh, sheriff sales themselves um, conducted by the sheriff, actually the sheriff of uh, Philadelphia County? It's not the sheriff actually sitting there doing the auction but there is a staff of people on behalf of the sheriff's office that, that handles the, the sale. And then the successful bidders uh, would get a deed to the property from the sheriff, is that the way that works? Correct. Okay. To a homeowner that wanted to contest uh, a foreclosure, are there uh, commonly uh, common defenses that people would assert um, to a mortgage foreclosure action? There are defenses, it's very hard to fight a foreclosure action, um, but there are predatory lending would be one where they feel that the the bank entered into an agreement that was far beyond from the very beginning, beyond the terms that could be accomplished by the homeowner. Um, I think they've tried to litigate the the assignment problem where there have been 
people signing documents and attesting to the validity of documents um, roughly referred to as robo-signing when they actually had no knowledge, personal knowledge of what they were signing. And so that's been tried to be litigated. Um, I'm not really familiar. I do the conciliation, so I don't um, really get involved too much with the litigation end. Right. As I understand it, in mortgage foreclosures, a lot of documentation is uh, provided by a lender and someone with the lender would say they've reviewed the documents and the, they're in the file and it spells out what the rates were. The robo-signing suggesting that the people that signed them didn't actually look at the documents? Correct. They, uh, they, they didn't look at the documents. They had no knowledge of the documents. Or um, in a lot of instances, they weren't actually the people that they professed to be. So you would have someone say that they were the vice president of the bank um, when actually they were really just hired to sign that they were vice president of the bank. I see. And what's the difficulty that banks have faced putting the documents together? Is it that the assignments of the mortgages have been so numerous that the original documents are somewhere lost in their pipeline? I think there's a combination of reasons. Uh, one of the biggest complaints has been the MIR system, which is the electronic system for registering mortgages. And it was instituted to prevent all the paperwork shuffle. And so you would just have it out on the system. And um, unfortunately, a lot of the documentation has never gone through the full process. And so it is lost in limbo somewhere. Yeah, tell us about this MIR system is, is new t to me anyway. In other words, most of the time back in the day, as people say, mortgages were recorded at the county so that they could be searched that way. The MIR system has somewhat replaced that, hasn't it? It has replaced it in the sense of the transfer of the documents from one owner to another owner. And so you still can go out on the system here and see mortgages that have been assigned, but it prevent it cut down um, on the expense of filing these documents continuously because the assignments were being done so routinely. That's right. It, traditionally, each time a mortgage gets assigned, there's a, a document filed with the recorder's office that would show that, yes, it's been filed, re-signed to someone else again, correct? Correct. And uh, this MIR system has done away with that in many respects? It, you would just see an assignment of mortgage rather than a new mortgage placed out on the system. You would, you would just see an assignment done. Right. And what's happened in uh, cases that are involved with that? The, the system doesn't reflect who actually is the real owner of the mortgage? Is that the case? In some instances, it doesn't show um, who the mortgage owner is. In some instances, it's never been recorded at all. And so technically, if you can't prove that you own the note, you should not be able to foreclose on a homeowner. I see. Now, a, a bank that finds itself in a situation where they don't have the paperwork necessary to foreclose would seem to create some urgency for them to find it. Um, are they able to eventually find it in most cases? Often they do find it and, and in the alternative they can file an affidavit stating that they lost the document but that they have proof to show that they are the true owners of the note and entitled to file the foreclosure action.
I see. So even if a, 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 a lender didn't have the documents uh, with this affidavit, they might be able to show their actual ownership? Correct. Some states are more lenient in accepting that as proof than others, but that is a route that they would, would take if they didn't have the note. Okay. Are many foreclosures actually contested? Are there, what would someone file if they, would that be an answer? It would be an answer. Okay. Mm -hmm. And are, are answers often filed in uh, mortgage foreclosure cases, to your knowledge? I don't know offhand how many are, especially in Philadelphia. I think at the point um, that the homeowner is already financially struggling to make payments, they wouldn't find themselves in this position. It's difficult for them then to hire an attorney to file an answer and go through the litigation process. I see. Is one option a homeowner may have uh, to uh, offer a deed in lieu of foreclosure? Yes, there is an alternative to a sheriff sale, and the deed in lieu is basically the willingness of the bank to take the deed in lieu of foreclosing. And that happens after the homeowner has put their home on the market for approximately three months, 90 days, and hasn't been successful in selling it. So at that point, if they are financially unable to make the mortgage payment and unable to sell the home, the bank will take the deed in lieu of foreclosing. Right. Um, that's, that's one way that things might happen. Do people ever try and sell their homes before the sheriff's sale? They do try to sell their homes. Um, unfortunately, when a prospective buyer realizes that the home is in the foreclosure process, they are much more um, anxious to just wait for the foreclosure to occur because they would buy it cheaper than they would be buying it from the homeowner. And um, I hear from time to time something called a short sale. Can you tell us what a short sale is? Yes, a short sale is when the bank agrees to take less than they are owed for the sale of the home. And as an example, if your home is, if you owe $100,000 on your home and someone is willing to offer you $80,000 and the bank agrees to accept the $80,000, that would be considered a short sale. All right. And um, what happens with that $20,000 that I guess is lost to the bank? Does the homeowner have to pay that? The homeowner generally, as part of the short sale agreement, would um, have confirmation from the bank that that would be absorbed through the bank and they would no longer be responsible for that money. Okay. Are there any other options that a homeowner might have? Let's say they've, they've tried, to, uh, tried to resolve things with the bank either through a mediation process or, or any of the court processes. Um, we've talked about a deed in lieu of foreclosure. We've talked about a short sale. Is there anything else that's available to a homeowner uh, before the sale? The final um, step that a homeowner would take would be to file for a bankruptcy. Bankruptcy. And that would prevent, that would stop the process in its tracks. I see. And um, is that a, a, a device or a remedy that homeowners often use to your knowledge? Homeowners do use that um, as a means to, to stop the sheriff sale. Uh, I'm not positive that it is always um, a successful route in the long term, but it does buy the homeowner additional time in their home. And if they can do the plan and the numbers work out correctly, it could be successful, but oftentimes it's just used to prolong the time in the home. And um, 
With respect to a sheriff sale, assuming a, a sale takes place by the sheriff, how long do homeowners actually have, if you know, before they have to vacate the home? Generally, I've been um, told it takes about three months. By the time the sheriff gets the deed and transfers ownership, the, the new owner of the home actually has to begin a second lawsuit, which is the eviction process and they will be contacted by the sheriff's office that they need to evict the property and the sheriff will actually come out and give them a, a date that they have to vacate. Right. And then I guess in the, in the worst cases, if a homeowner doesn't vacate at some point, sheriff will come to the home with uh, an order and uh, eventually um, just simply move everything out. Is that correct? Yes, they will forcibly remove the homeowner, put their belongings in storage and change the locks on the property. Mm. And if a homeowner uh, needs some help, um, any advice, uh, who to call, what to do? I would say the best advice I could give is to start the process as early as possible and to document everything. I find it's much better to send any documentation through certified mail rather than through regular mail to with a cover letter of everything that you've included in your package. And that way the bank is less likely to come back and say they didn't receive the documents, they, you didn't have a certain document. Make sure everything they ask for you have in one package sent at one time and you document that the contents in a cover letter. Very well. Mr. Arzabek, thank you very much for joining us. I think your information will be tremendously helpful to homeowners that may see this show and be particularly interesting to many of our students. Thank you for having me on. This has been part of the Fox Rothschild Center for Law and Society series on mortgage foreclosure. If you have uh, interest in further information, please be kind enough to contact the college. Thank you for joining us.